Welcome to the Epic Angels podcast. Every episode, we put the spotlight on one of our portfolio startups. My name is Mikey. And my name is Hester. After the conversation with the founder, Mikey and I will have a conversation together with one of our Epic Angels to reflect on this investment. In today's episode, I'm speaking with Carmina Bayenbon, co-founder and CEO of Invested. Invested is a fintech with a unique credit rating and risk control algorithm that provides student loans that develop low-income youth into successful adults and empower under-resourced youth in their make-or-break journey from education to adulthood. Carmina already won an impressive number of awards. Examples are the Philippines Outstanding Women in Asian Service, Cartier Women's Initiative Laureate for Southeast Asia, Dubai World's Expo Top 120 Global Innovators, and she was featured by Forbes in 30 Under 30. Let's listen to her story. So hey everyone um, who's listening out there, I'm Carmina, the CEO and co-founder of InvestEd. So a little bit about me, I actually spent most of my career in development finance, starting with philanthropic fundraising to getting into venture debt for organizations in developing markets. I was also in microfinance through my parents since they broke out of poverty by getting a college degree and they saw how powerful that was for them. But most of our relatives in the Philippines are still very reliant on loans. We have huge clans and families in the Philippines. So my parents established our hometown's largest um, cooperative. It's sort of like a community bank. And I got into microfinance because they involved me in the operations of that since I was. And that experience was really like one of my eye openers on how credit can be very transformative. It sounds like your parents were very entrepreneurial, very, very active in the community. Was it always your wish to be an entrepreneur? Actually, that is something, you know, I think about on a regular basis. Why did I end up like this? (laughs) (laughs) I really believe my parents had a lot to do with this. My parents were both engineers. I saw my parents in projects increase yields for farmers using math, using technology, and that I always thought that the development sector and solving these huge problems, they need more technology and engineering. So, so yeah, and, and like being an entrepreneur, a uh, social entrepreneur, I always remember moments in my upbringing where my parents never really told me to be rich. They always asked me, like in everything I do and like my choices in life, what's the purpose of that? How is that helping others? And I think it's why I'm here doing my startup, solving a very big problem that's not been solved by anyone. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk about that invested indeed, because I mean, you can see the purpose immediately in, in invested there, how you really want to empower uh, these unresourceful youth and mm-hmm. to really get them into the right education and so that they have the opportunity to further flourish. Like, tell me a little bit more about, about invested. What's the problem that you're solving for? Yeah, I, I want to start explaining about invested by giving a profile of the students and the customers we're trying to serve. So from 18 to 30 years old, a young adult faces a number of financing needs that if not met will have lifelong impact. Much larger than consumer loans, these so-called, we call it an invested developmental financing needs, such as college tuition, 
in your 18 to 22 years old. And then you have licensure exam fees, pre-employment trainings required, relocation for employment uh, when you're a fresh grad. And then before you're 30, you also need to spend for other developmental needs, such as upskilling, so you can move up the ladder. So these things, these developmental financing needs, we saw they can cost $1,000 on average and can go up to $2,000. It seems small, but that's already the entire annual salary of a whole low-income household in the Philippines. And because of that, as early as in college, three out of five Filipino households don't have money to finance the developmental needs of their young adults in the households. So they're left with no choice but to borrow money from others. But the problem is where to borrow money, right? Besides relatives and friends, there's no one right now in the market who would loan to a low-income family without requiring a minimum income, which they definitely can't meet, right? Or a collateral, which low-income households definitely don't have. So other choices, there's fintech lenders and loan sharks. But for fintech lenders and loan sharks, it's usually at a scary price that's just not affordable for Filipino low-income households. And for fintech lenders who are trying to be affordable, the amount is just too low. Often it's just $200 you know, for a loan. What we saw was that for loans and student loans in general, it, it, they're de- generally designed and patterned after middle-class adults in the first world. Meaning there's a, an assumption of an inclusive banking system, right? Um, like borrowers are somewhat financially literate. Like when you look at a college student in the U.S., they know about borrowing, investing, and saving. But I'll tell you a story. Like I went to the top university already in the Philippines, and I took up engineering, which had so much math. I only learned about borrowing and investing a few years after I had graduated. So that's that's how like that's how much it's not ingrained in the school system and in the culture in developing markets. So overall the reality is we saw that 18.5 million young Filipinos and 43 million more in neighboring countries could not be served by the present options in the market and the present designs of loans does not fit these millions of young people. And that's resulted in an enormous market gap, which is actually $10 billion in the Philippines alone, and then at least $44 billion in neighboring countries. So right now, loans are out of reach, hard to pay off, and not value-adding. And we believe that's why it's hard to blame the poor for being stagnant, if that's the credit reality of today. So to make a dent in the problem, we created InvestEd with a mission to empower under-resourced youth in their make-or-break journey to adulthood. So it's make-or-break because our theory is if a young adult between 18 to 30 years old does not get their developmental needs and financing, they will likely struggle so much in the job market and have a life of little progression. And if they don't finish higher education, the chances of falling into a poverty trap doubles. So we're proud to have pioneered student loans in the Philippines that's meant specifically for the youth, one they can easily avail of and afford. 
Yeah, that's really amazing, right? The purpose is absolutely there. And um, I mean, for, for those of us who are not at all familiar with the landscape in the Philippines uh, and also this customer segment, I think many of us are just unfamiliar with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the first reaction is like, yeah, there's a reason why these other companies are not lending money to this group because uh, they won't be able to pay it back. Uh, what, what's what's yeah. your experience with that? No, definitely. Like there's a risk problem in student loans. And this is where I think it's it's really a good time to talk about the product that we designed for students because Invested essentially is known for redesigning student loans to be affordable, accessible, and developmental for young adults, which is, again, unlike most of the credit that's available are out there. So let's talk about accessibility, right? Um For invested loans, our student applicants as young as 18 can apply for a loan and are asked only what they can provide, school, degree, and household information, no matter their income or location, as long as they have internet access and proof of identification, they can apply and be eligible for an average loan uh, of $600, much higher than other fintech lenders as a first-time borrower. Because I understood they can even simply do it on their mobile, right? Yes, correct. They don't even need a laptop to apply. And we pay the tuition directly to the school. So it's very convenient for them. And because of how our selection algorithm is designed, right? Again, it only asks for three things. School, degree, and household information. Because of that, we have the widest reach of any local student loan provider. For InvestEd, we innovated on creditworthy. Because the present ways for determining creditworthiness just excluded this target market by a lot. Because they don't have capacity, right? And so why measure their creditworthiness via capacity? So for invested, we, ha- we measure two things, potential and discipline. Potential is me- being measured by looking at the school and degree. And discipline is being measured by looking at the household situation. So because our theory is that creditworthiness is shaped in the household. So for example, an engineering major, uh, an engineering student is likely to get a higher loan uh, than an education major in an unknown school, right? Because for engineering majors, the pay is much higher in the future. If we look at the household information, if the engineering student was the breadwinner of a six-people household, who are mostly unemployed and already in their 40s, much older than him, then it doesn't look like there's much teamwork in the household. And everything's dependent on the student. So with that, the increase, the the risk profile of that student actually increases. So this unique selection method is what banks and fintechs do not have right now and it's unique to invested and we did this internally because we knew that's what had to be done to make our loans accessible you work a lot indeed on the accessibility i think the other point that you made is uh, you're paying straight to the school for the tuition yeah. so it's not that they're going to get cash and then someone else in the family might take that cash and yeah. use it for all other purposes <laughs> and so you're eliminating that risk immediately as well it's not cash in hand it's really for your tuition making sure that you actually can go to school. And then I think the other part was that uh, the discipline as well. Investors don't like to see, of course, that um, yeah. that the student loans are not being paid back. 
And yeah, uh, and I think just to add to what makes us um, unique sort of in the risk management framework, right? Uh, the selection is just the first layer. Yep. The second layer of our risk management framework is what we call teaching creditworthiness. <laughs> yep. So that this is what we're very well known for, actually. It's, and it essentially refers to our counseling and community initiatives in that's built into the entire customer journey. So our belief at Invested is that in this formative stage, creditworthiness can still be taught. So if we admit a medium risk borrower and they become an investee, our second layer can turn them into a low risk borrower. Um, and that's by teaching by like through counseling, which is done through webinars and educational content that focuses on three skill sets, personal finance, self-management, and career development. These are skill sets that schools don't focus on, but we found are super critical to being creditworthy. And we found that in serving the bottom of the pyramid, our, most of our students, when they come from low-income to poor households, their parents never reached college and just finished higher education. So these skills, which could have been taught by their parents, are not passed on to them. So that is our philosophy in like managing risk. And again, banks aren't going to do that, right? We've managed to find a way to um, scale that using technology, scale the delivery of that teaching creditworthiness. And what's your business model behind it? Because you're not an NGO. You know, you're a for-profit organization uh, with, with a purpose, and profit with a purpose. So how are you making money? Yeah, our core business is consumer finance and consumer lending. So like any consumer lending business, I mean, we, we are an, uh, an innovator. Uh, however, our business model is actually, it, it's very like vanilla finance. We earn revenue through two main revenue sources. One is loan interest income and uh, the other is service fee. So for us as a business, we're proud to have... A, proven our unit economics because we have positive gross margins and we have product market fit. I always get asked this, but unlike transactional, because what sets invested apart is we're a developmental lender. We're not a transactional lender. What does that mean? As a developmental lender, our focus is the customer experience instead of near-term revenue. And by customer experience, the experience we want to deliver for our students is one that will help them progress in life. And that's the, through the counseling and the community that we, that we provide. We secure their loyalty for a long time, if not a lifetime. And our students actually end up taking four to five loans over their stay at Invested from like 18 to 30 years old. Uh, and that ends up in a higher customer lifetime value. Um, and... I also like the, the typical comment with our developmental lending approaches, isn't the cost to serve very high, right? Uh, but we found that, yes, it is higher. Uh, however, the cost of risk is much lower because our borrowers don't run away from us because our approach is developmental. Next, we don't need to spend more customer acquisition costs to get them to loan again because the, the cost to serve alone like creates loyalty to our customers and makes them sticky. You have quite some traction. You mentioned it before. You already have 
product market fit. Can you share a little bit about the traction that you have at this moment? Yeah, again, this framework, uh, the developmental lending framework, we've proven it to work for this demographic. So since our last funding round in 2021, we grew our borrower base 3x and kept our loan default rate at 5% and achieved 40 plus percent gross margin. So, so is that good? Is that bad? Um, it is very good. So growing at that pace, 3x, and keeping the credit risk that low, which is like 5% default, it's, it's a feat given that we are lending to young, low-income demographic and in a pandemic and recession at that. And we're proud that our lead investor, he's already participated in the round that we're racing right now. And 90% of our lenders renewed or topped up their accounts with us in the past year. Take out repeat loans with us. So this is proving that we can secure customer loyalty and higher CLV. Now that we're fundraising, it, it really has been an exciting time because it's looking ahead, right? What can be the future? And for us, it's really like if millions of students like our borrowers go through a credit experience that builds their character and financial know-how, can you imagine the number of successful adults we can produce and how that can make a poor country like the Philippines become a first world country? Right. And that's really the new reality we aim to build. And we have our business track record, our mission driven team and our special sauce developmental lending approach to like really take that on. So let me get a little bit more into that. Our vision is to bring invested to countries where developmental financing is out of reach. And how do we plan to achieve that? First, we want to give the most accessible loan to low-income youth in the developing world. So right now, we're actually in our eighth version of our own credit risk model. It's called Alvin, our algorithm. So it's called Alvin because it's after the our first borrower to fully pay. <laughs> so, <laughs> nice. Yeah. So, and again, that algorithm uses only student and household information, right? And what we want to do is lend to a larger sample size of students during our pre-A round so that we can further train the algorithm and make it more robust. And that because, will help us reach our goal. Yeah. Because it's that scalability as well. Eh? Like how will you scale? You're using AI, but how are you going to scale? What, what are your yeah, plans? For um, so we want our loans not only to be easy to pay off, but also Rewarding. So how are we going to scale our developmental approach to lending? A couple of things. We're currently offering add-on financing at a consistently decreasing rate for high-performing borrowers. But our goal um, is to implement risk-based pricing, dynamically adjusting interest rates to the most recent payment behaviors of our students. So this is good behavior training for young adults who respond to instant gratification. So for example, one of the fun uses of our PA is to build a mobile app so that our students can view anytime what their credit score is and how it's changing based on their payment behavior. And if they watch a course that's on our mobile app, their credit, core, their credit score can increase. We call our borrowers investees. We have what we call investee points, success points. So right now, these success points, they're earned by like, paying earlier than your due date, or if we have 10 courses, we recommend for you if you like consume all of them, right? 
you're, you get more credit worthy, you earn success points. If you get employed within 30 days, you earn success points. And these are things they can use to redeem, like as a rebate to their loan payments. If they help a fellow investee, they can also earn points. So we want to gamify that more again through the mobile app and then we're already like developing how that can be a digital currency that they can use to invest and that's tied to our vision of like fundamentally changing like the design of student loans imagine if you're a student and you have a loan but like it's also an investment right so oh that's kind of like our name invested so <laughs> and um <laughs> lastly we want to create an online platform that combines learning and lending accompanying young adults in their journey from education to adulthood. So this platform will host tools that digitize our counseling support and will also be home to our student community. So right now, our counseling support, it's in webinars, it's in educational videos, but we want to make that more seamless in the customer experience and like more gamified. And we want to build tools like budget planners, which our students can use. And as part of our strategy, um, these learning modules will be like open source for any young person in the Philippines. It's free. That will allow us to identify more high-risk students, like financially risky students, so that we can actually see ahead of time, even before they enter 18 years old, if they will need financing. And then finally, going back to gamifying the credit experience, everything's going to be visualized on that mobile app. So essentially, how are we going to scale everything we've proven in the product market fit stage now? We're going to automate that in a mobile app and then make it more gamified and engaging for the borrowers. So lastly, our goal is to establish invested in countries where development financing is out of reach, right? But before that, in the next five years, our focus is really to establish a stronghold in the Philippine market first. And we aim to do that by achieving a critical market share of um, 2 million borrowers, which is about 10% of the market. And why, why is it that number? When we hit that critical mass, we will have enough social proof that will, li that will literally enable us to have mainstream adoption organically. And then for us to scale to this point, that's why we're raising our pre-series A, and that's to establish three important enablers. Uh, what are these enablers? Um, number one is our Education for All Alliance. It's basically our go-to-market strategy. We found that the market students are unaware or intimidated by loans. So the best way is like sort of to ride on to the uses of those loans like um, partnering with brands and organizations that the target market already trusts. And so it'll be a partnership network composed of powerhouse brands that will support invested and give referrals. The next um, enabler we want to invest on is our algorithm, which I, I think I already explained. It's really just... Alvin, yes. Alvin, yeah. <laughs> um, so Alvin version X. Um, but it's really just expanding the sample size we lend to so we can have more data and train um, the algorithm. And lastly, the last enabler is the mobile app, which um, I have just talked about. It's what will digitize the customer experience and gamify it and scale our developmental lending approach. Yeah, because you're currently raising your pre-series A. Yeah. Uh, what is the total amount that you're raising? So we're raising $2.5 million right now for our pre-A. Yeah. And and how long will that, how far will that bring you? Like how many months? Typically it's a 
that's funding for our next 18 to 24 months, um, wherein 24 months from now at the most, we hope to re, uh, raise our Series A. Yeah. To so, get into your Series A. Yeah. So the, the pre-A is like really, um, you know, even with the product market fit, uh, we want to be smart as a startup. And we found that we still need these three enablers to really like before we do our A so that we can actually scale without losing money and further strengthen the barriers to entry and for our models. And as an investor, when we invest, of course, the question is also like, hey, how how am I going to get a return on my yeah, investment? And meaning, yeah, what what's what should an exit look like? What are your thoughts around that? I, I always love to talk about this. And I think the natural acquirers um, of Invested is really like the natural exit for us is an acquisition by, you know, a neo bank or like banks in general. And why is that? Because we are actually a consumer finance institution that's able to serve the youngest market out there. And for our, and recall like at the start of this podcast right we're playing the 18 to 30 year old and we're actually we're inventing that industry we're calling it young adult financing it's not an industry we're creating it and that's what we've done at invested we have figured out the exact product that this market needs that this market wants and from 18 to 30 years old we're the ones serving them and what we see for our borrowers who entered 30 years old from being low income and poor, they become suddenly very credit worthy for banks, eligible for like home loans, um, car loans, and so on. And, you know, because of our mission, that's not really like a space we plan to specialize in. But going back to being acquired, it's like any bank would kill to have, you know, the security of that pipeline of consumer loans. And that's essentially what we offer at Invested for these larger financial institutions. Um, so like higher CLV for the acquirer, right? And second is like our developmental approach to lending, which can be the defining thing for any financial institution in the future. We actually believe that, um, you know, we could be the future of consumer loans because we want to end the status quo of like transactional lending and the Gen Z market are exceedingly conscious about what are the intentions of brands. And for any financial institution, the core product is not actually like loans or deposits or investment. It's, it's really trust, right? It's, it's really like, like which bank do you pick, right? It's, it's one that it's one that you like trust the most, I guess, or like looks the most trustworthy. And I think that's what we're really good at. So that's another thing that makes us very acquirable. Yeah, makes for a good exit in an M&A yeah. scenario. And um, <laughs> what would you say, like anyone um, who's who's listening or is looking into this, like, oh, I, I would love to invest and invest it. Why is this the best investment that they can make? Oh, what a tough place. But <laughs> <laughs> um, why is this the best investment they can make? Um. You know, I think that what I will say there is, I mean, I'm sure everyone listening has like a lot of experience in investing. And even if you don't, you have that knowledge of what makes good investments or not. So I'm not going to talk about what are the multiples, but um, I'm going to talk about the mission. 
uh, Invested's mission is very unique, and it is a mission that can transform the lives of millions of people, not just Southeast Asian youth, but millions of youth around the developing world, right? So if you're thinking about joining this mission and it speaks to you, right? And at the end of the day, there's a saying like all investments are emotional. <laughs> this is a <laughs> this is an investment that up to this day I, I have no founder that invested was regretted joining the mission. It it is something that it is a noble cause with a very smart approach. And and I think that you know numbers aside, that is what makes for rare good investments. So yeah. Really, really excited. That that sounds good because that became super clear of your story coming in, right? Where it's about <laughs> now it, it's the mixture of the passion but with a smart business yeah, model behind it that is scalable and profitable. Um and I think it's it's also for you investors. You don't have to invest, right? It's like so I think that for those who will invest, you'll probably have the same answer. And my answer was well, I, I only have one life, right? It's like, what am I going to do with it? It's This is an opportunity to live my life to the full, like by pursuing this big ambitious goal. It's really the potential of Invested to transform so many lives. And for me, even if the work is hard, that's what drives me. Yeah. Feel it every day and you know what you're working for. Amazing, <laughs> Carmina. Thank you so much for all the insights that you gave okay. us in Invested. Uh, a- thank you. Now let's hear from the investors what they have to say about this startup. And please remember, we are not a financial advisor. All opinions expressed by our Epic Angels are intended as educational and reflect the personal research and experiences of the team. And today we have invited Tesneen, one of our angels, to join us for the debrief of this company. Um, Tesneen is one of our investors with deep domain knowledge in fintech. She's currently with fraud prevention tech company Riskified, where she oversees APEC. And prior to that, she held roles at global uh, by now pay later company Zip, as well as leading in the fintech business at Visa. Welcome Tesneen, great to have you here. So we just heard Carmina and Maike uh, talk, and um, um, I would be very interested to hear um, your overall impression. What do you think about the team and about this startup and the deal? Yeah, uh, great question. So there are a few things that I usually consider when investing in a startup, right? So one is the solidity of the business model. Does it address a pain point? Is there a viable revenue model? Has it achieved some level of traction? Is there a path to profitability? That's number Mm -hmm. one. Second is, what's the path to exit? Is the business attractive in the medium to long term to a buyer? And thirdly, and most importantly for me, the passion, the conviction, and the ability of the founders. Uh, And in my opinion, Invested checks almost all of these boxes for me, but particularly the last one. Um, Carmina Carmina is not just super impressive. The pain point around access to funds as a student is something she has personally lived, and that actually comes through in the conversation as well. And uh, for me personally, growing up in India, which like the Philippines is a huge young population hungry for access to funds for higher education, mm-hmm. that profit for purpose aspect of invested really, really resonates. Yeah, with me. yeah, great. Here. I think that is something that is very clear in Carmina. She even grew up with this sense of purpose. Right. So really thinking about yeah. what is this good for what you're doing? So, um, yeah, that is really in her. Uh, Micah? 
Yeah, she's such a strong founder, right? Just to to go in on that as well. The passion indeed that she has, but not just the passion. She knows her facts. Um, she knows about the business. It's really impressive at her age. If you look at all the awards that she won, the network that she's been able to build within the Philippines, but also beyond the Philippines. And she really built that name for herself. And now, of course, for Invested. So, you know, she's she's one that really gets shit done. Or as, as we say within Epic Angels, one of the founders that refused to die. <laughs> so that's a, that's really amazing <laughs> to see within Carmina. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And what struck me also when she started talking about the company is um, um, actually the moment when they do come in for their target group, right? So they provide access to capital and financial literacy at a very critical stage in life, right? Early adulthood. When having capital, so for example, to go to study, still goes a very long way. And that is something that struck me uh, as well as a very strong element. Um, is there anything in particular about their model, Um that you think is 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 unique or particularly attractive here? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think they have a pretty viable business model, but the way she talks about it is uh, developmental lending, right? I, th- I really like that, um, where they focus not just on honing financial skills, but actually developing a whole generation of young Filipinos to become educated and independent. And that feels not just a financially viable investment, it feels like the morally correct thing to do as well, right? So... That really resonated with me. And like you said, Hester, when she talks about focusing on the customer experience and sticking with them through their journey as a student, all the way through to a working adult, that is a powerful story, but it is also a story that can be monetized over time, right? So I feel like she's got a long-term vision of where to take this business. And um, that makes it for me personally, a really uh, impactful sort of investment to make. And you yeah. also see that reflected in, in how she speaks about the exits. And she's like, yeah, you know, there there is a path um, how we can monetize that. And this group is going to be super important also for other banks that are out there that are really looking like, how can we reach this group? Because it's, it's difficult to reach that and no one is doing that right now. So yeah. she's been able to jump into the gap and then to develop the, the, the youth that she's helping, not in they just supply alone and that's it, but really develop so that they're going to be significant customers going forward for any bank. Mm-hmm. On one hand, that's the strong part, I would say, right, that they are able to hook their users, their customers through the counseling that they offer, which in the end results in a very high repayment rate. Um, on the other hand, scalability Are you concerned about the scalability because of this counseling? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, um, there are a few things I'm concerned about, but uh, one is how are you balancing growth of your customer base with keeping your defaults and risk rates low, right? So one of the key things about Invested is that personalized approach. They seem to know every student almost personally, (laughs) right? And that's a great thing at this stage. But the question is, how can you keep that sort of relationship, uh, close contact, Uh, sort of USB going in the long term when you scale and have hopefully millions and millions of students taking advantage of your platform and still at that point maintain high repayment and low default rates. That is certainly one thing that I'm quite concerned about and I'm looking forward to seeing how they solve for that particular issue. Yeah. In one of our conversations, Mike, with uh, where also Ro, the other co-founder, was present, we also touched upon this, right? And um, I remember him saying that at least 75% of all the issues that their users have, which requires counseling, are 
um, the same issues, right? It all has to do with financial planning. And therefore, they're still able to provide uh, useful support and counseling. However, they're able to automate it and uh, standardize it. For mm -hmm. example, by developing a financial planning app or doing webinars with large groups where they answer just a few questions that this large group is dealing with. So this is how they reacted to, to this. Yeah. yeah, and I think and it also, is. Yeah, sorry. It, it is a, you know, you can see it as a risk, but it's also their strength. It will, it will really build that loyalty uh, by by the customers because they have that personal connection. It's not this, you know, big dirty bank where you feel like, don't care, mm. care about myself. You really build that loyalty and you build that relationship with also will help um, that actually students will repay their loan. Um, that's what I really expect. So it, it, it is both. And indeed, as you said, Hester, what, what Ro told us about how they want to scale that, how they want to use the funds that they're raising right now to, to really automate that and to use AI and gamification to make the majority of what they do just there for everyone. Hey, and another concern that I uh, that I had, and I wonder how you feel about this. How are you going to reach the target group, given that the target group is bottom of pyramid and, you, and typically is not very active on social media, for example, but is very closely connected to their own community? Maybe that's an assumption. It is something um, that I was wondering. Is that something you share? How do you reach the target user? Hmm. I mean, to be honest, for me, uh, that's not so much of a concern. I feel like a platform like this, where they're building strong relationships with their customers, they'll get fairly good word of mouth kind of referrals and it'll scale quite naturally. Um, the bigger concern for me is, uh, and if you look at any lending business, right, there are a couple of things that are really important. One is how do you keep your cost of funds low, which they are quite, uh, and that's quite uh, significant that they're doing that. But then other and most importantly is once you reach the customer, how do you assess the credit worthiness of a customer like this, right? They have no income, low income, very little credit history. So how do you start gathering enough data points um, about these consumers, build a credit score, and make sure you're lending them the right amount of money so that they don't default? And that's really where, you know, like uh, Micah was saying, their uh, AI platform is really going to come into uh, consideration and how that develops over time is going to be really important for us to see. I like how they're using that credit rating in a different way than the traditional banks do that. And indeed how they gamify where the students can also see exactly where they're at. Um, and the behavior is, you know, is really rewarded, the good behavior, which immediately is visible in their credit score as well. Yeah. Yeah, so I found that really interesting, as well as the fact that she named her uh, her uh, credit scoring machine, right? Alvin. Called Alvin or something <laughs> yes. like that. I love that. <laughs> Alvin, the first student that they gave a loan, yes. Yeah, yeah. Super cool. Yeah, very personable business. Um, I think this is great to hear, especially for you, Tesneen, how to look at a fintech um and what the elements are that, that matter. Um, are there any last um, reasons why you personally uh, have invested in this company? Yeah, I mean, it's all the reasons that I talked about mm. before, but really I like the long-term approach that Invested is taking, right? I mean, they're really targeting a segment that has been exploited for years and years by predatory lenders, and they're taking a very responsible approach to them but also making sure that they monetize it. So it's really, really is profit for purpose. 
And I feel like over time, they'll build a database of uh, information about these consumers that can be monetized in other ways. And that in turn will make them really attractive uh, for potential um, you know, exit options. And so I'm really excited to see where this business goes over the next few years and sticking with them over, the, over that period of time. Yeah, yeah. wonderful. What is it for you, Maike? Yeah, I'm, I'm really just really excited to see where this can go. Um, and I mean, if, if nothing else, it will help the right group regardless. And so, I mean, whatever happens, um, I feel this is just a good investment to do. But I also do believe in the, in the business model that they have, that that can actually be successful. So I'm super excited for the future of investors. Yeah, yeah, and I shared it. And um, what I see in the edtech space is that there's more and more um, uh, of, of these solutions coming up that make education more accessible to groups to which it previously was not accessible through creative financing uh, solutions. Uh, this is one of them, definitely, and it combines with a very strong founder, as we uh, discussed for me, and uh, a sustainable model. Yep. So, yeah. Great to uh, talk with you. Thank you very much for your insight. Thanks. And thanks, Hester. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed looking behind the scenes. The objective of this podcast is to demystify angel investing and to share insights so you can learn more about the world of venture capital. Interested to see if you can become an angel investor yourself? Contact us via info at epicangelnetwork.com or go to our website, epicangelnetwork.com.